Hey folks, this is Kevin Kunz with the SE Work Life team, bringing you another podcast regarding The Storm is Coming. These uh, series of podcasts to uh, help you figure out uh, you know, how to determine when the recession is coming and how does it impact your, your particular situation. Um, how does your company plan was one of our first episodes. Forecasting sort of what are the signs to look for, uh, how to prepare for the storm. Uh, how to you know understand whether or not you want to leave early or leave later. Uh, so you know what is your evacuation plan? The storm surge. You know how do you decide on you know who gets a life jacket? Provide some insights to how managers make those decisions. And then the rebuild phase of a particular recession. This is where mergers and acquisitions come into play. And that both can be a good or bad thing. And we're going to finish and wrap up our conversation around M&A. And I've been through, my, how many M&As have I been through? I think it's been six mergers and acquisitions, both on the acquisition side and on the merger side. So something for you all to think about as we go through this series. So what we're going to work on um, here is we're going to talk a little bit about the storm surge and evacuation, sort of you know why it would be a good time to think about leaving or not leaving. But let's recap on the last episode we had. So at this point, you, you've already identified whether or not your company uh, is uh, going to make any changes, is having any issues. You've done your research, right? You've updated your LinkedIn profiles. You've asked your boss for a recommendation to sort of see where you are on your ranking and where you are in the, the sort of the, the stack ranking of the organization. And you've started your Dunwells and Do Better reports. You've changed your one-on-one -on -one discussions to be more about the value that you bring to the organization to increase your likelihood of not being rift in the organization. So that was the last episode that we walked through. We gave some insights to that. Here today, uh, what you're going to find out is a little bit more of what to, to do or what not to do if you're on that list or not on that list. So if you come back from your research and you've determined, hey, you know what, I'm not on the list, then we're going to go through a little bit of you know what you should think about if you think you're actually in good shape. Because there's uh, some issues when people leave an organization, so we're going to cover on that. And then what if you are on the list or you think you have a high risk of being let go? What are the things you're going to need to do and prepare for that? So we'll cover off those elements. And then, hey, you may decide to leave. What do you need to do in order to get to that decision? Understand what are the impacts of leaving or you know, what's the impact on your career journey if you're rift? Let's talk a little bit more about taking the recruiter's calls. Start to get practice and, and get yourself in shape. You know, I was at Adobe for 13 years, and I was out of practice, I've, as you've heard in other uh, podcasts here in the series. I was in love with the brand. Uh, I was loving with the idea. There was no way I would ever leave the organization. And uh, you know, as a result, it was great for my career, great for my journey. But at the same time, I probably missed out on a lot of different opportunities. We'll talk a little bit about, you know, once you decide to leave, how many horses you should have in the race. Uh, and then having that hard conversation with your boss, trying to determine how to ensure that you're not jeopardizing any other future opportunities with other organizations. And then we'll wrap up, talk a little bit about the, the next podcast. So let's get right into it. What do you do if you're you know, on that list? Um, and what do you do if you're not on that list? So 
If you felt that you're not at risk, then you might want to do some of these things. One, think about the fact that this could be a good opportunity uh, for career growth. And if you think you are well positioned, guess what? There's going to be a reduction in personnel. True. And there may be some personnel changes when it comes to uh, leadership positions or even the collapsing of, of some other organizational arms like SMB or mid-market or enterprise. And they may move more people together but underneath one vertical. And that might mean an opportunity for a manager to come into play for that vertical. Now, keep in mind, legally, if there's a rift that takes place, and let's say you're a manager today and uh, they let you go, they, within a 90-day period, thanks to California law, they have to offer you that job back if there's a new management position or give you at least the opportunity. Um, this is why most cases for managers, anybody in a higher leadership position, they're usually not RIF. They usually let go and you know, at-will organizational uh, situations. But um, you know, if you think you are not on the list, then think about, hmm, Maybe this is a time for me to think about how I grow my career inside this organization. The product is still great. The market is horrible, but that's not the company's fault or the product's fault or the strategy. Uh, and you really still are a believer in the brand. And I, I've been there. I was at Adobe for 13 years. I went through a lot of ups and downs and had to take less of a position, but also had the opportunity to take a larger role. So think about if and when your company decides to go down a riff, where do you think you would be best positioned inside that organization? Obviously, you know, you're going to have more positive visibility to the top. If you're not on the bottom of that list, you're going to get involved in more strategic projects, and you should. Uh, and this gets your personal brand and your visibility higher within the ranks and gives you a greater strength when it comes to when the company starts to lay off. The, they see the loyalty and they'll keep you on board and they'll groom you. And, and when the industry turns around, which it always does, uh, you'll get repaid at that point in time. Now, some of the cons or the, the challenges, if you will, uh, with staying in the organization is you're going to have to deal with a lot more work with less people. Uh, there's going to be a higher pressures and demands. And if you're not a public company, that probably be a little less because you don't have the Wall Street market dictating the rules of the game. But if you're a public company, then you, you unfortunately are at the mercy of the stock market and uh, the board of directors having decisional power. So, you know, consider some of the cons with respects to whether or not if you don't have a solid product and maybe you're number five in the marketplace as far as a competitor, you're probably ripe for a takeover and a merger and acquisition to occur. I mean, that's what happened with us at Jetform and our white knight, if you will, was Adobe um, at the time uh, back in, what was that, 2000? And when was that? I have to look up for you, but you could probably Google that if you need to. So, if you're not on the list, you think you're in good positive light with your company and your boss, think about where you um, may take the opportunity to grow your career. Um, definitely get positive visibility to the top uh, and you know become more involved in some strategic projects, I think would be the best thing to do. Uh, one thing you definitely don't want to do is try to leverage a, a riff for more money. Um, this is not the time to negotiate. Um, I, I used to hate when SEs or SE managers thought that I was, you know, my back was against the wall and, you know, they could pressure me like, yeah, good luck on trying to find my replacement. And there's no one here in, you know, Toronto or in Ottawa 
that you're going to be able to find quick enough in order to uh, take over the responsibility. So don't ever put yourself in that situation. Uh, it's an ugly situation and it typically doesn't turn out for the best. So what do you think if you, uh, you are at risk, right? Let's say you've done some of the things we talked about in the last uh, podcast. You, know, you, you asked your boss for a recommendation. They chose not to give you one, or if they did, it was sort of uh, half-hearted. Um, you uh, changed your one-on-one conversations to try to get a better understanding of where they feel. Uh, you, know, you, you feel like, you know what? I'm pretty much at risk. <laughs> my numbers are bad. Uh, my my sales team is not working well. The accounts I have are not pumping out dollars. You know, what what's the point in keeping me? So you made that decision. Uh, so you have to ask: Do you want to stay or do you want to go? In other words, do you want to ride this out, wait for a package, and get a three to four month package, and then try to take that time and reboot yourself with maybe some career changes or just a nice vacation to kind of decompress? Or do you want to get ahead of that storm surge and uh, maybe think about leaving before uh, a package or before any of those situations? If you wait for a package, you you, you definitely want a backup plan. Because I'll tell you, depending on the amount of money that is available in the company and the amount of risk they feel that they have in possible lawsuits, that might only be a 30-day package. It may not be a six-month package. It might not be a three-month package. You know, Adobe was nice enough to give <clears throat> three to six-month packages depending upon, you know, some of the individuals and what level they were at. And then some other organizations gave one month. You know, you had 30 days. That's all you could live on. And now with not having... Um, PTO accrued, uh, personal time off accrued, because they have this lovely thing called unlimited PTO, <clears throat> you don't even get two weeks of vacation payout anymore. So that's something you, you're not going to have available to you. And these are all the things you need to think about, because remember who you work for, right? You don't work necessarily for the brand, you work for you and your family. And at the end of the day, you have a job in order to support your, yourself, your lifestyle and your family, and you want to make sure you protect as much of that as possible. So if you do wait for the package, definitely have a backup plan. Start reviewing other organizations. Start whispering the ears of friends who are at other companies. Don't think that you you get a package and then uh, you're off to the races and have three to four months vacation. That's just not a, a good strategy. If you don't want to wait, you know, then leave on your terms. And interesting enough, you know, I've hired people – and when I've asked them, you know, why did they leave the organization? You know, they indicated that they were let go because of economic times. And you, you sort of take that with a grain of salt because you know that they were let go, sure, because of tough times. But were they part of the group that was let go because they were going to be let go anyway? And you sort of got the bottom of the barrel and not the, the cream of the crop. Um, and that doesn't bode well for your journey. I, I would prefer not to get rift. And I would prefer to leave on my own terms than ever getting rift because you have to explain that. And all leaders, you know, VPs and such, understand how that process works. And they're going to take a pause when they find out that your journey, uh, you left not on your own terms, but your company let you go. Now, if you do decide to leave and you leave on your own terms, don't burn any bridges. This is a small world. You may find out that a merger and acquisition happens with your next company who acquires the company you just left and voila, the manager that you burned over, uh, who you burnt in the process is now a leader in your organization. This is uh, not a good thing. So don't ever burn bridges. You know, be positive, have a good positive attitude about this. Absolutely don't negotiate for more money as we talked about. 
But here are some of the risks if you do decide to wait. Uh, you, you know, the the reality is um, the the big risk essentially comes down to the the money and your story, uh, and the other challenge of um, not leaving, if you will, is dealing with the increased amount of workload, as mentioned before. So think about where you are in the organization. If you're in a level, uh, if you feel like you're in a bit more of a power position and think you can leverage the opportunity to grow in your career, then stay. If you think that you're at risk, uh, you know, and you want to wait for that package, sure, but don't wait for the package to occur and then start looking for another job. You know, take that opportunity now and start looking for another gig. You always should be interviewing. And who knows, you might find a, a better opportunity somewhere else and you can leave on your own terms and forgo the, the package. You know, don't don't decide to do double dipping and take the package and then you know start that gig right away. That doesn't look good either. So so you decided to leave. Let's talk about that. As mentioned, you know, any good salespeople leave uh, and, and land a gig somewhere else. Uh, mentioned in the previous podcast, a lot of you know, top sales reps, if they're not making their number and they start to read the tea leaves, they're gone. Right? They're going to move to another organization. And the other, other organizations are going to be happy to take them on because they're a top performing salesperson. No brainer. Uh, and they're not about to take another position that's going to put them in the position they are in today. So they've done their own due diligence. They've seen a particular brand or technology, uh, and they're savvy. So they understand that they can make good money selling that particular solution set to solve a certain problem. Find out where they went. Understand the company they went to. And I would definitely start there. Uh, you know, you, if you're a really good solution engineer, you probably have established a really good connection with a rep. And in fact, I've had situations where the rep has come to me and said, hey, I'm thinking of leaving. I would love to take you with me because a good rep understands that it's a team um, sale. It's it's never just the rep and it's never just the SE. And the chemistry between you and the SE are, are one in which it's very hard to find a, a solid chemistry between two individuals that you can just, you know, play with a customer like a cat toy and, and have wins over wins, you know, instead of nine and 10 month sales cycles, closing business, you know, before a nine month uh, time frame. So definitely start with the reps who have left early. Um, and, you know, obviously look at your competitors, right? Investigate the competitors out there. I mean, you've sold against them, so obviously you can sell with them and, and you know everything about your technology. Be careful here. Make sure that you don't have signed any non-competes. Um, you know, that's uh, obviously gets a, yourself into a legal challenge and you don't want to do that. And plus, not to mention, you know, Sometimes a competitor won't want to hire you for the fear of having a risk of some legal action. So be mindful of that as well. The first thing I would do uh, after I've gone through those exercises is start to investigate the marketplace. Maybe this is a really good time for you to think about different technologies. I remember when I left uh, Adobe, uh, at the time it was SaaS, mobile, and social. Those were the three elements of the technology space at the time in 2011. And Adobe wasn't really going down that path at that moment in time. And I was felt like I was losing out on SaaS, mobile, and social. And I had a, a wonderful opportunity to work for a good friend, uh, you know, Don Beck, who I've mentioned a couple times, and it's, he's uh, outlined in my book. And uh, 
Don, you know, gave me a call and, and said, what do you want to do? And said, I'm looking for these three things. And he's like, great, because I'm the CEO of, um, or I guess, was he the CEO or was he more of the VP of sales over at Involver? Um, I think he was the CEO over Involver. And uh, I went into the social media business and it was perfect. I got to experience new technology, new exciting world, uh, increased my title and my job responsibilities. And it was just a natural stepping stone and it worked out very well. So uh, put your company wish list together as far as in the market where you want to work and then look at who you're connected to in those areas. And I say to do it in that order because if you, if you look just at your LinkedIn connections and the people that you have a solid relationship with, you may put yourself in a situation where you're going to want to work for that person, or, but you may not want to work for that technology. So you might sacrifice your journey just because you think you have a better chance of getting a job with the individual that you know. I would prefer to do it the other way around. Go look at the tech, look at the videos, look at the jobs and see what's out there first and then figure out who can help you go get that job. Much rather have a job that you're going to be happy in than just having a job with someone who you know who you can then just cry in their shoulder, right? So definitely try to do it in that order. So you got your company's wish list together. You've figured out who you're connected with and can trust. Now you got to start your campaign. You know, this is just like any other campaign you would do in a sales campaign. You know, LinkedIn updates. Start posting your brand out there. Get to posts that are relevant. Um, and always ensure that you're positive. Now, it's obviously tough to do at this moment in your time. You know, the marketplace, the news, the media, shut all that down. Don't don't listen to the news and the media. It's just going to frustrate the hell out of you. This is your chance to find a new position out in the marketplace. You must be positive in your posts. This is not the time to be that disgruntled employee. Uh, avoid that at all costs because that will transcend in your conversations as you interview. Now, like me and probably in your situation, you, you've had a number of recruiters probably send you lists. Um, you know, They pump out through LinkedIn recruiter a number of email campaigns or messaging campaigns. And you probably ignored those for a number of years because you're obviously happy in the spot you're in. Now it's time. To start taking those recruiters' calls. Um, and, and you, you want to be prepared. Don't ever take a cold call. If, if someone calls you out of the blue and says, hey, we're looking to hire for blah, blah, blah company, and they start asking you questions, you got you to gotta stop that immediately and just say, hey, happy to take this call. I'd like to set up some time so we can so we can do it uh, you know another day and you want to do that so you can prepare you want to be planned. Um, too often a lot of recruiters will make the uh, cold call. And then jump right into the pitch. Uh, and you don't have a time to really ask any intelligent questions because you don't even know anything about the company. So take pause when you get a call call from a, from a recruiter. The recruiters that worth their, you know, worth their pay are the ones that will send you a LinkedIn message and send you a calendary sort of invite where you can set up your own time. And that gives you the opportunity to be in the driver's seat. So be informed. Um, you know, people will hire people they know or, you know, they have connections who they trust. So obviously work your network in this situation, research, plan, and 
try not to talk too much. I remember my early days of interviewing myself. I, I, I was so excited to have the conversation. I didn't want to lose the opportunity. And I, you know, puked out every conversation, every element of what I did in my career. And I never gave the individual any time to ask me questions and get the answers to the questions on that individual's list. They have a list of questions that they need to report back to the hiring manager and say, yes, they check these seven boxes out of 12. So try to be quiet. Um, take the question, answer the question quickly, and make sure you answer that question. Don't offer up anything unless you feel at the end you have more time and they haven't really poked you with major questions, then you can pepper in your storyline. Um, so research plan, don't talk too much. And you know, remember, uh, when they ask you a question, be direct on your answer. You're, you're going to be in the driver's seat, right? Have that list that you have a go or no go as well. So obviously the recruiter has a requirements list for their manager, director, or the hiring manager. Well, you too, you know, you currently have a job. You're not looking to you know, leave the company right away in a lurch. Uh, you're not desperate is what I'm saying. So make sure you have your go or no go list together. What are the things that are requirements for you? Do you need to make 10% more in your salary? Um you know, do you need to have a VP title? Um, do you want an extra vacation? You know, what, what is that list? And prioritize that list. What are the ones that are must-haves, needs-to-haves, and wants-to-haves, right? Just like anything. Now, as you go through this process, uh, you, you want to have multiple horses in the race. What I mean by that, you want at least three different job situations at one time if you're interviewing. You don't know when all of them are going to come into play. They, they all have different end states. Um, but you want to have at least three columns worth of things to consider. You know, work through them all. Get that verbal. And, and then you can make that choice. Uh, be informed. Don't make a, a decision for fear you think you're going to be let go, don't make the wrong decision because you're going to be in a bad spot in a year's time and you may even get laid off. And what, what's that going to look like in your career journey? It's, it's not, a, not a good conversation to have. And then when you finally picked the horse that you want to use, you need to ensure that, um, you know, having that hard conversation with, a, with the individual on the other side, your boss, understand the situation you're putting them in, especially if you're one of the top three in the top list. If you're up there, they're going to want to do everything. And, and guess what? It's going to come a bit of a surprise to them that you want to leave. You really haven't given them much indication that you're worried, and nor should you at any given time. Um, and typically what a lot of young managers do and some directors is they'll want to throw you more money. Oh, hold on. I, I can't have you leave. You're working on the top five brands. You're, you're crushing this opportunity. You know, we can't afford you to leave. What is it going to take for us to keep you here? And sorry to say, I would never take money or anything. You've made a decision to leave, leave. Because quite honestly, your boss will never know whether or not he or she can trust that you're going to leave at any given time. And the fact that you've taken more money means the next AMR or the next opportunity, they're going to go through the list and say, hmm, when did Frank or Mary get their last increase? Oh, you remember when Frank wanted to leave and we threw him another 50K? Oh, yeah, that's right. How is he doing? Oh, he's doing fine. He's happy. Okay, so we don't need to give him more money. And so basically, you shot yourself in the foot. And it happens all the time. And, and I get it. You know, it's important. 
But, uh, you know, if you look at my book um, on how to become a pre-sales solution engineer, I cover a whole couple sections on how to interview and and ultimately uh, what you want to do to prepare for that interview. How do you conduct that interview and how do you uh, round out that interview in order to get the the win, right? To get the PO, which is ultimately a a document for you to sign and then uh, take their offer. So have that hard conversation, be prepared that they're going to want to offer you something. And it's probably going to be a good number, but if the company is going to struggle and if the company gets taken over, then where are you? So think about it long and hard depends upon the relationship you have with the company. So recap this podcast. Uh, you identified your company is, is going to prepare for the riff. You've made the decision to stay or leave based on some of the things we've talked about. If you're looking to go, you, you start that campaign. You look where sales reps have moved to. You pull a list of companies, wish list first together, and then you look for the first connections in LinkedIn. So you're not just taking a job because of a relationship. You're taking a job because you want to work in that company and that, that particular technology. Um, you have your requirements ready, right? What's the need to have, nice to have, and wants, and you start talking to those recruiters. Ultimately, you have three horses in the race, and you know when you finally take one, you, you have to say goodbye. Don't take the the money. Don't take whatever they're going to offer you. It, it's time for you to leave. Now, in our next uh, conversation, the last podcast of this series is mergers and acquisitions, and uh, this can be troublesome, especially if you're not. Um, a pre-sale solution engineer working on key brands. Because remember, in a merger and acquisition, ultimately, um, you know, they're going to pull together uh, people that are duplicate and they're going to get rid of duplicate departments like marketing departments, et cetera. And I've been through six or seven major acquisitions, as I mentioned, both on the managing acquisition side and also uh, being the acquired company. Um, so I'll tell you how the big ones work or, or yeah, classically didn't work. Some really good stories there. I have a whole list of those stories in uh, my journey on the SE website here. If you want to download that for free, feel free to use uh, uh, Bonus Books uh, 22, and that'll le- give you a chance to take a look at my journey. Um, how do you survive the change? We'll talk about embrace, attitude. Make sure you're you know tied to big deals. Think about why you think you would be let go and try to prepare uh, to ensure that you're not. And we'll cover off the positives of mergers and acquisitions as far as increase in leadership opportunities, et cetera. So this is Kevin Kunz over at the SE Worklife team. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to, to listen through these. And, and also thanks so much for the feedback. I've gotten some great feedback, uh, some uh, constructive criticism and, and how to change some of the formatting. This is all new to me. Uh, and I, I love that. As I mentioned in the books that I have, uh, you know, fail fast, fail often and learn from that and quickly make those changes. Uh, don't take an attitude that, you know, whoever is making the suggestion, it doesn't know what they're, th- they're talking about. That's your customer base and you're my customer base. So uh, I want to ensure that you're, these things are informative uh, and uh, ultimately we're going to start to bring guests on as, as we close out this particular session. And if you want to be a guest, uh, just send me a note through LinkedIn or through the website and happy to have you. Uh, in fact, if you ever decide you want to have your own channel on this website, happy to provide you the avenue in order to go through this. We all have great things to talk about. We have great experiences and our history ultimately repeats itself and we can prepare for that. Thanks all. This is Kevin Coons with the SE Work Life Team.